Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, March 28th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. Heading to the women's final four in Dallas. For just the second time in history there will be two black head coaches in the women's basketball final four in South Carolina head coach, Don Staley and Virginia Tech head coach Kenny Brooks. This year's final four also includes a first-time participant in Virginia Tech an Iowa team returning for the first time since 1993, an LSU team returning for the first time since 2008 and a Gamecock squad making its third consecutive appearance, and looking to complete an undefeated season. Regional attendance for this year's tournament set an all-time record, as 82,275 fans came through the turnstiles. As the NCAA considers whether to sell standalone women's basketball championship rights, USA Today's Lindsay Schnell points out that Iowa women's basketball student-athlete Caitlin Clark is the perfect player, coming along at the perfect time. Hawkeye's boss Lisa Blutter stating, We've been shortchanging ourselves, certainly you have a product like, Clark's performance Sunday night, helps make it seem like yeah, selling women's basketball separately, is a no-brainer. Schnell writing, that means Caitlin Clark isn't just the game's flashiest, most breathtaking player. She's the one about to lead it into a new era. Thursday night's Sweet 16 men's basketball tournament matchups combined for 10.11 million viewers, down from 10.59 million last year. Gonzaga UCLA was the night's biggest draw with 6.13 million viewers on CBS, while the Kansas State-Michigan State matchup brought in 5.92 million viewers on TBS, up from the 3.15M who watched Villanova Michigan in that time slot last year. On Friday, San Diego State's upset of Alabama and Creighton's win over Princeton, both on TBS, averaged 4.51 million and 4.37 million viewers, respectively, marking a 71% uptick from last year's equivalent games. Providence, Kansas with 2.65 million and Iowa State Miami at 2.55 million, per Sports Media Watch. Meanwhile, 5.15 million tuned in for Miami's upset over Houston while 4.81 million watched Texas Xavier. Both down more than 40% from last year, when St. Peter's upset of Purdue, 10.18 million, was followed by North Carolina and UCLA, 8.82 million. ESPN's Pete Thamel reports the NCAA Football Oversight Committee is expected to introduce new, non-controversial legislation to the D1 Council on April 12 or 13. If it passes Council and then NCAA Board of Governors, it would be adopted August 1. Thamel, two steps away, but likely to happen. The FOC's legislation, after surveying coaches-slash-staffs, revised football calendar includes allowing coaches to visit juniors in person starting January 1st of junior year of high school, basically 11 months earlier than currently, spring recruiting period from April 15th through Saturday prior to Memorial Day for rising seniors would allow contact with coaches, schools would be able to engage in up to eight in-person, off-campus contacts in junior and senior year combined. Only three are in junior year, two allowed in January and one in spring recruiting, schools would be able to initiate telephone calls to prospects at the end of their sophomore year on June 15. Now, it's limited contact on September 1 of junior year, where prospects have to call coaches after coaches text them, FOC did not recommend modifying the number of coaches or off-campus recruiters. They want additional time and understanding to determine if changes are necessary. Decrease in number of days for fall evaluation period for whole staff to 33 from 42. Or from 3.8 to 3 days per FBS coach. Decrease in number of days for spring evaluation period to 140 from 168. 
or from 16.8 days to 14 days for FBS coach, head coaches still can't go out in spring. The idea of the changes from the FOC revolved around a new calendar to promote current student-athlete experiences and work-life balance for coaches who engage in off-campus recruiting activities. Connect and MB Sports's Matt Banker sits down with Tarleton State Associate AD of Sports Medicine and Intercollegiate Council for Sports Medicine Chair Brant Berkstresser to discuss the athletic trainer shortage in college sports, what's happening on the front end of injury prevention, structuring compensation, return-to-play timeframes, and more. Berkstresser says the issues facing athletic trainers are multifaceted and include compensation and benefits and day-to-day -day functions. The important other piece to it is they want to be able to have the time to provide the care and the skills that they have to their patient population. So, for us in this environment, it goes way beyond taking care of injured student-athletes. We are doing way more on the front end from an injury screening standpoint, corrective exercises from an injury prevention standpoint. And so the majority of our time is actually geared towards completely healthy student-athletes or injured student-athletes that aren't missing time. Full conversation now on Connect. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, March 28th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.